हेलो एवरीवन वेलकम टू अनदर एपिसोड ऑफ द भारत वार्ता पॉडकास्ट आई एम योर होस्ट फॉर द डे श्रीवत्सा सुबर्णा इन सेप्टेंबर 2019 द इंडियन गवर्नमेंट हैड इंट्रोड्यूस्ड एन एफडीआई रेजीम फॉर एंटिटीज एंगेज्ड इन डिजिटल न्यूज़ मीडिया इन एडिशन द गवर्नमेंट आल्सो चेंज सुपरविजन ऑफ डिजिटल मीडिया फ्रॉम मिनिस्ट्री ऑफ इलेक्ट्रॉनिक्स एंड आईटी टू द मिनिस्ट्री ऑफ इंफॉर्मेशन एंड ब्रॉडकास्टिंग to discuss the implications of these changes on media as a whole and digital media and the evolution of digital news media we have with us two very distinguished guests first up we have muthuraman natrajan who is the co-founder and cfo at swarajya he is also the co-founder at riverbridge investment advisors a boutique consulting and investment banking firm focused on smes uh, hi muthu how are you uh hi sirasa good to be here thanks uh next we also have shrimoy talukdar who you may have heard in, on an earlier episode on jammu and kashmir shrimoy is a senior editor at first post he writes on foreign policy politics and defense related issues he is an experienced journalist as and has previously been associated with leading publications such as you know the times of india telegraph dna and the statesman Uh, so muthu we'll start with you sure uh, can you summarize the recent fdi rules put in place by the government for digital media yeah so the government has uh, put this out more in the nature of a clarification there was a press note four in september 2019 that actually brought the digital media uh, uh, under the uh, purview of fdi but there were a lot of uh, 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 gray areas in that, and uh, 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 transactions were getting uh, halted or uh, etc. So because of that, uh, uh, the uh, government had uh, put out a clarification uh, specifying exactly what are the segments that are getting covered under this uh, press note four, and so that took almost a year from September nineteen to now uh, in October twenty, and uh, three specific areas they have put out. as in stand alone websites apps uh, etc that cover news and current affairs so that comes under the uh, fdi very clearly and like as you mentioned the scope of regulation has moved from maiti to ministry of information and broadcasting uh, the second uh, segment is uh, 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 news uh, aggregators so you have your daily hunts and google news and in shorts and uh, all of those news aggregators they are all uh, covered under the fda restriction now uh, and the third is the news agencies your anis and ptis of the world so there are as in uh, press articles and clarify uh, uh, on whether uh, people upload lot of uh, things in facebook and twitter and uh, whether those will still come under these regulations on the plain reading of it as well as expert opinion it is no because uh, these are user generated content the uh, uh, largely the platforms don't have their own uh, <clears throat> their own news uh, uh, generation or even cannot be classified as uh, uh, aggregators news aggregators so facebook youtube uh, or uh, uh twitter etc do not come under this purview but google news will definitely uh, be uh, this thing as in it is like a daily hunt etc it will get covered 
So what is uh, the crux of the regulation is that these were largely unregulated sector. They came under the automatic FDA route in the past. Now they do come under the uh, uh, regulated sector with a uh, uh, 26% cap on uh, FDA uh, uh, ownership, foreign direct ownership. Uh, this is actually, uh, so to say, uh, uh, making it uh, on par with what has been the regulation for the print media. So print media always had the uh, FDA restriction on 26%. So Swarajya actually is a print media, monthly print magazine. So we do come under, uh, we are not affected by this regulation. We have always been under the 26% FDA cap. And uh, so the... They have also given a, a, a grandfathering provision where whoever has uh, already exceeded this limit will have uh, up to uh, 12 months to uh, regularize the, their ownership and bring it below the 26% uh, restriction. Uh, while the government has positioned it as a, a liberalization of the sector, actually it has brought it down very clearly. It has brought down the ownership which used to be 100% and under automatic route in the past to 26% and under approval route uh, now. But this is not new to India. World over, uh, across the sea, there are three, four sectors that are always uh, uh, under approval route or restrictions uh, 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 for foreign investments. Uh, financial sector, for instance, or uh, defense like that, media is also under foreign uh, ownership restriction in several parts of the world. So that's in summary the thing. There are two small additions that they have made. One is employing, employing uh, foreign uh, employees, non-Indian uh, non employees, uh, more than 60 days uh, would, uh, would require a prior name clearance. And if the name is not approved for any reason whatsoever, the onus is on the company to uh, terminate their services. And second is the CEO of the organization has to be necessarily uh, an Indian uh, passport holder. So that in summary is the regulation that is brought. Sure. Thanks. Thanks for the detailed summary, Muthu. Uh, I have a follow-up question for you. So <coughs> apart from the FDI rules, the government also changed the supervision of digital media from Ministry of Electronics and IT to uh, the Information Broadcasting Ministry. So what is the implication of this? Yeah, so it's a natural uh, uh, flow of uh, things, as you have because uh, the, this, this is not applicable to all and every website. It very clearly uh, makes a distinction only those that have news and current affairs, those that cover news and current affairs. And that naturally, as in the way uh, uh, it is defined for radio or it is defined for television, even in television, for example, the news and current affairs channels have a, a separate uh, uh, FDA restrictions, uh, general entertainment category, and uh, uh, others uh, do not have such restrictions, uh, have uh, much uh, lesser restrictions. So it is a natural uh, uh, outcome that the, the, uh, or the supervision moves from METI, uh, which takes care of more the technology aspects and things like that, to uh, uh, information and broadcasting, which covers the news and current Sure. Uh, Srimal, coming over to you, uh, some commentators are calling these moves as political. Uh, they're saying that the government actually wants to control the nar narrative through these changes. What's your view on that? Uh, hi, uh, thanks for inviting me. 
Uh, well, uh, obviously, there will be some uh, opposition to these moves. Uh, there are some who, who makes uh, these criticisms based on their political opinion about the government. So those are not to be taken seriously. Uh, there will always be some voices uh, who speak more from their uh, political bias against the government than a recent critique of what the government has done. That said, uh, uh, there, is, uh, there is always a tendency on part of the government to interfere. And I think... Uh, you know, I, I will take a I'll take a nuanced position on this. I, I think that we have to watch how the government goes about it. But there is another side to this whole debate, and that is something which we have watched very closely during the U.S. elections. Uh, we have noticed how the big tech, uh, specifically the companies which run social media, which practically runs uh, our lives, including serving as gatekeepers for the digital media, because the digital media by themselves are not, um, you know, they, they don't have the reach or, 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 for instance, they do have their online presence, but they depend on these social media players for their reach, for their outreach. Uh, for instance, any website would have hyperlinks to the social media, uh, you know, the, the websites yeah. which many users will use and in turn that will be used by others. So they depend on their outreach for these social media giants. Now, when these social media giants, if left unregulated, they can play havoc with the narrative. We have seen this in the U.S. elections. The the Hunter Biden story was practically killed before uh, you know uh, before the elections. Uh, none of the mainstream media outlets in the U.S. were ready to post it, and Twitter played a very big role in that. I mean, there were journalists in India who were penalized just for posting that story. They didn't have a yeah. comment of their own. I mean, this is incredible. And and so I would think that if the government is doing this. I, I, I wouldn't mind the government taking a stand on this because we cannot have uh, a foreign-run social media giants interfering with the political discourse in India. That's a dangerous thing. And uh, I, I think the government has a right to play the referee here. And uh, I, I wouldn't mind uh, the government taking, uh, if, if needed, a censorious position or, or, or you know, uh, uh, sort of calling the social media giants out. Uh, we know of a recent incident where uh, Twitter... Uh, sort of um, mentioned lay as not part of India, and then they were pulled yeah. up, and then they subsequently, uh, you know, they were forced to change their position. So I think the government's presence is necessary, and I, I don't think that we can take a very libertarian position on this because at the end of the day, we are democracies, and democracies are very by the by their very nature are very open to manipulations by by private players and other malignant actors. I'm sorry to say that some of these social media giants are acting as malignant actors, and that does call for regulation. No, absolutely, I agree. I mean, there were uh, <laughs> you know disclaimers put on uh, President Trump's post when he questioned the veracity of the elections. But in India, you saw the opposition literally questioning you know the Bihar elections, and there were no such disclaimers put. So you you do make some very valid points. Uh, now, uh, Shrima, I, I have a follow up. To you in terms of digital media so you know at when it all started digital media was thought that to be an alternative to mainstream media uh, but it just feels like you know the entrenched players in digital are getting bigger and the new entrants struggle uh, what's your view on that i think that this question has two parts one part is plain and simple economic part um as long as the legacy media did not take so the digital media seriously, 
the smaller players on the digital space had a bit more freedom they had a bit more leeway uh, there were many startups who uh, in fact my website is one where i work first post it's purely a digital media creation um <clears throat> so i think in the initial stages the legacy media did not take the digital media seriously or it sort of um, failed to understand the importance digital media or uh, led by social media would play in our lives and when they finally got their act together i think they simply had too much money power to overwhelm the the newbies uh, if you talk about uh, the, the legacy players uh, you know they come from very deep pockets they also have integrated presence and so it is easier for them to sort of uh, crowd out the younger players uh, get the talent on board retain talent they can offer packages which the newer players will probably not be able to that is one part the second part is that um the media space um like any other ventures can only thrive if if they have vc backing you know capital is backing or finance finance backing now i'm i'm not a finance person i'm not an economist but i do not think that um the bubble has lasted i think i think many Uh, there was this great hope that when the digital media came along that it would be the new media that it would attract uh, a lot of talent it would drive revenues uh, i i that hasn't happened so i think that has also led to some of the people who would be financing these startups take a second look and they have probably gone with the legacy media or you know or thinking that you know they are the, since they are the guys who have been there for a long time it would probably be better if we invest there so that is one part the second part is a is the cultural part i think the initially when when digital media came along led and also you know there's a bit of integration with social media here it democratized speech in a huge way uh, we had people who were initially called the the silent uh, majority the silent majority suddenly gained a voice and this democratization of the of the media uh, actually changed the political discourse in india and i would say that narendra modi's uh, coming to power in 2014 had a lot to do with it had it not been for the social media explosion in the first decade of the new millennium i i doubt whether we would have seen this kind of uh, a political revolution as it were happening in india i think it it, it uh, bjp's rise has been led by the social media revolution by the technological revolution so that part was there but then um the problem with this and we are subsequently finding it out is that social media also has another side what social media does and and digital media to a certain extent definitely does so. the same thing i'm sort of interchanging between the two what they do is that they take out the middle from the discourse and they and 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 they kind of take extreme positions either on the right or on the left and more often than not websites or digital media uh, publications who initially started with an idea that we would be centrist and we would take uh, the libertarian view or we would go with the very balanced approach they find that they are being pushed by their clientele to take extremely uh, you know ideological positions either on the right or on the left it is more on the left because of the fact that most of the media space which which is there exists which exists in india comes from the leftist side uh, you know the universities and the college campuses in that way we we emulate the american system uh, so um, it is happening more on the left but what has happened is that it has led to completely take away the middle from the discourse and when that happens when when both sides take ideologically different positions and go into their different silos then the middle people who were there who were interested in the political discourse they eventually become disinterested uh you know in a, a neutral reader would uh, would immediately know from the website what sort of argument it would make 
and so that person will probably not give the mental uh, you know energy needed to read a thousand word article knowing fully well that the article writer name name already you know he would know that what sort of argument he's peddling so so that is i think harming uh, media industry in a way because you are not engaging the wider public and they are they being oblivious they initially were were interested but then it has been driven to two different silos and we are all almost mirroring what has happened with the print sure sure great great points uh, shrimoy uh, i'll come to both of you on the next question maybe i'll start with you muttu uh so do you think that digital media has become like a clone of mainstream media in the way it, you know approaches news and the way it works uh maybe digital media is obviously much faster to respond uh so nobody as in i like the first post ad uh, when they launched as in why go to the forest and kill the trees and make the paper and wait for the next day to see the news when you can see it in an instant uh, immediately so that uh, cycle of news reaching uh, etc have immediately uh, as in that has compressed to a la- to a la- to a very great extent but uh, in terms of opinion i would say i would agree with uh, shima as in the sense mainstream media had the uh, bias as in very few centers and the same thing is getting reflected in digital media as well i just had one po- uh, point on shima's suggestion this fda restrictions uh, unfortunately do not touch any of these social media guys as in your facebook and twitter and uh, google can create uh, as in in a sense can uh, create havoc so to say the way they have been uh, irrespective of this fda restrictions because uh, one they do not fall under the purview of this uh, news and uh, current affairs uh, two they do not uh, reside in india so to say okay so they can not practically run this entire operations without a permanent establishment in india if it comes to that today they do have but if it comes to that they can be. so uh, the restrictions the fda uh, restrictions do not apply uh, to any of them i hope some other form of uh, 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 i won't say restriction but some other form of supervision and uh, 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 authority where one can go and report and seek redressal if there is a genuine uh, issue, uh, uh, etc., are, are in place. As in, if not uh, anything, at least a self-regulatory organization where these things, uh, uh, standard protocol and uh, uh, codes and codes and ethics are followed by these guys. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think with with social media, the the biggest black box is. you know the algorithms that they use they are, we we have no idea they are not open source we don't know how they decide something is fake news or something is not so regulation more focused on that would probably be helpful uh shrimoy uh, i know you talked a bit about you know how digital media is uh, becoming like mainstream media would you like to add whether you know it's reaching there or you know where it is in terms of evolution Uh, see a, a part of it is uh, uh, is is probably the fact that uh, the way we sort of present news um digital media i think the the and i'm talking about not just the I, i'm talking about solely the people who are, the, the organizations who have digital presence the, for them uh, to make a difference in in or to sort of market their brand differently and to gain in popularity a, a, a very good thing would be to send reporters on the field and cover the story on the ground 
rather than using uh, the legacy media as the primary source of news and then commenting on that or aggregating news uh, for that you need financial clout i think this is where digital media sort of needs to focus uh, we i think the the stomach for online commentary and blogging is is probably dying it exploded during the first uh, half of the new decade uh, and uh, even in after 2010 onwards till 2020 i think it had a fairly good run uh, we've had uh, bloggers and commentators having a very very uh, sort of dedicated clientele but i think now there is a bit of fatigue setting in and also the fact that blogging and commenting has become very commonplace anyone can do that so that that novelty is gone i think what we need now is old fashioned reporting where we need to dispatch the reporters to the places where the event is occurring uh, i think swaraj uh, uh, does a very good job there it has a reporter whom whom i really hugely admire i'm talking about uh, swati uh, well yeah, sharma who's absolutely. who's doing some stellar work we need more journalists like her who who goes to the to the actual scene of the of the, of the event and reports from there and takes uh, you know takes a very honest approach to reporting so that i think would make a big difference but it is it is obviously um, you know capital intensive i think mohu will be in a better position to tell me whether that is feasible for uh, um, you know a, a, a social media a sort of a digital platform uh, that entirely i think depends on the finances uh, yeah see the what has happened on the economic soft for running a digital media is that anyone who had thought of launching it thinking that the source of revenue will be primarily google ads is just gone because the uh, unending inventory of uh, websites and uh, uh, thing uh, has resulted in a huge uh, supply demand mismatch and uh, hence the prices of digital advertisements have been uh, crashing and so it is just not uh, won't cover your cost of uh, producing a story uh, definitely anywhere near that so uh, swaraja had uh, uh, initially started with that as the main uh, source of the thing but quickly realized that it's a mug game there is no not much money left there so we pivoted to a subscription based model as in earlier we were thinking that the digital the print will be subscription driven and digital will still be advertisement driven it doesn't work like that as in we realized very quickly thankfully and pivoted to a, a subscription based model and that seems to be fairly okay as in people today because of this a glut of uh, 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 low quality news and opinion and because of even fake news and etc uh, people are willing to pay a, pay a price to read good quality content so uh, swaraja has positioned itself as that and as a, a subscription driven model we have seen several of the new startups who are doing that for example ken has uh, ken is a, a subscription only model and has attracted uh, a tremendous amount of capital more so even from uh, uh, many uh, indian uh, entrepreneurs and angel investors who had backed Yes, Ken did have some foreign direct investment. I'm not sure it is across the 26%, but uh, it is uh, uh, th- there is enough capital. See, the kind of capital that we are talking of for this digital media is not in any scale compared to uh, any of those traditional industries. So, to that extent, there is enough capital, domestic capital that is available. This FDA restriction, so to say, this narrative that it is going to choke this industry, starve it of capital. etc is not uh, this thing if your story is right you have a viable business model and not uh, a story of unending losses forever 
in the hope that Rupert Murdoch will come and buy you out at some point of time. That is not, there is no, uh, uh, that story, nobody, no investor is willing to buy. But you have a viable business model and a good, uh, uh, this thing, as in path to profitability. Enough Indian capital is available to uh, help these digital media outlets. So, Muthu, uh, I mean, we saw, you know, HuffPost has been bought by BuzzFeed. Do you think this trend has already set in where, uh, you know, digital media is kind of on that slope where it's going down? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think not, definitely not in India. I think we have a long way to go. The um, number of people, as in a sense, uh, with the access to uh, data-enabled uh, mobile phones has only uh, increased at a rapid pace in only in the last three, four years, thanks to Geo. And uh, the, the, the news content, regional news content, uh, uh, as in vernacular news content, etc., have definitely not reached that pace. So to that extent, as in digital media, is likely to have a very good run, at least for the next few years uh, uh, in India. In terms of traffic, in terms of revenue model, in terms of profitability, that's a different story. That depends on basically individual uh, entities, how they are functioning themselves. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't think uh, we have reached anywhere near the saturation. Part. Sure. Uh, both of you uh, spoke about, you know, feet on the ground needed for journalism. Uh, do you think that, you know, citizen journalism, where you have freelance kind of reporters who have, and with, you know, access to data so they can send stories quickly, they can shoot videos and send stories and all of that. Is that is that something that is you know in the horizon for digital media? Uh, maybe you can come in first, Muthu, and then Srimoy. Sure. As in, in a sense, whether it is the citizen journalism model or the stringer model, whichever works. But cost of disintermediation, as in the the sourcing the news and getting it into a digital media platform, has come down drastically. You don't need a high-end heavy equipment camera to go there to uh, shoot, to record, etc. Your handheld phone is doing a much better job than what uh, uh, heavy cameras used to do even 5-10 years back. So to that extent, and it has reached that kind of mobile phones have reached every part of the country. So sourcing that is not a problem. As in uh, the aggregation of that, uh, authenticity, the bias or spin that you are able to uh, avoid in those things. Those are the challenges I feel. But yes, uh, uh, source-based journalism, direct access to the where the event is happening is, is already taking shape and will be a big part of the uh, content of digital media platforms uh, in, the way, in the years to come. Uh, Srimoy, your thoughts? I... I'll reserve my, my comment on this one because uh, we have seen the citizen-based uh, citizen based model. Uh, I think it has been pushed to a certain extent over the years, but uh, for reasons which are not very clear to me, it has not really taken off. Uh, but I agree with Muthu that the cost of uh, producing these sort of news uh, has come down drastically because of the way the, the technology revolution has taken place, the way the data has reached the far corners of the country. So it is easy for someone in, in one remote location to, to sort of a, a, a report on an event. But um, to what extent it is possible to make it uh, a product, because at the end of the day, any, any, any news item which you are delivering is, is also a product. 
to what extent that raw data can be uh, molded into a product the back end version of it the logistical chain that needs to be done i'm not very sure of that uh, i think i think i think obviously we'll see some sort of a shift there uh, but if you take the west as a as a model uh, because their their market has evolved a lot quicker than we have uh, i don't see that thing happening in the west um obviously we are not demographically not the same our diversity is more we are also uh, you know um, as a country we are we are much larger country uh, but if you are to because some of the things are, that are happening in our media has already happened in the west in terms of print giving way to the digital space so if you i, I were to take some cues from there i would i'm uh, i'm not very sure whether citizenship model has worked there I, and i'm not very sure whether it will work here once again i'm not very clear about the reasons why yeah as an investment banker wearing the other hat there's a, a crying need and there's a huge business opportunity for somebody who just sources these and licenses it or aggregates it for uh, regular media platforms and i'm sure i'll be willing to pay for a, a, a story coming from uh, a interior gujarat or interior uttar pradesh without having to send my reporter all the way there to go and shoot it so the cost arbitrage is too huge i'm sure if somebody builds a business model around it it's going to be a huge success there's one thing i'd like to add though i'll i'll sure. i completely agree with kuthu here but there's one thing interesting thing which i'd like to add i think sometimes the diversity of india works against this this model in a way that we don't really fully understand for instance i'm saying uh, we have we have seen this many times that reporters tend to cover events that happen in delhi and mumbai more vigorously yeah. than that what happens in the interior parts of the east or the west or even the south you know it is not simply given too much importance uh, stories and i and and i know this for a fact because i stay in one part of the country where we have a, a, a you know a political leader who's quite authoritarian in a ways we don't really see that being being made into an issue of the sort that we would know uh, you know even if yogi adityanath were to do a certain thing it would be immediately a big headline but a certain thing which mamta banerjee would do which is far more authoritarian in nature will not get that sort of exposure some of it is media bias some of it is media bias but it's also the fact that it is called the tyranny of distance so i think uh, yeah. uh, uh, someone who's reporting from the interior of gujarat for someone who stays uh, for instance in 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 bengal i don't know whether that person will find it uh, relevant uh, because this is a little different from the west because there there is a lot more homogeneity of of language and culture it is it is more complex in india so that might be a problem though it's a theoretical i'm i'm not really sure whether that's muthu you wanted to add something no no i just wanted to joke about the tyranny of distance uh, yeah, yeah yeah that that was my line he took that away uh, okay uh, shrimoy uh, one thing we have seen with digital media is that you know there are a lot of clickbaity headlines which are creative and you know can be misleading just to get viewers on a page uh, you know where does this stop i mean uh, is, is is this something that we should be worried about i think i think buzzfeedization of media is a global problem it is not just an indian problem uh, i think the, the what what many in the media industry have figured out is that today's uh, youth have a very short attention span and unless you give them something which is really very clickbaity then they are not likely to click on that and if they are not likely to click on that then there's no point so i think that there's been a dumbing down in general uh in india i would also attribute part of that to our education system i think the the education system in india is such that it is producing 
mass producing degrees and uh, you, you to, to an extent that is incredible i mean we are getting students who are getting 99 100% marks these days mm-hmm. but when it comes to reason debates when it comes to logically following their thoughts when it comes to presenting a flawless piece of writing without an obvious grammatical error there is a lot which is wanting i can tell you from experience because i have been in print media for 15 years and i have seen uh, you know uh, educated graduate students who come from prestigious universities come up with uh, you know with articles which are not grammatically sound they're very elementary errors which leads me to question the the, the kind of education which happens in our educational institutions so i think generally there has been a dumbing down uh, and that is reflected in various ways and media is just one facet of it uh, the media industry sort of thinks that if we are if you are to give a, a headline which would make the reader think instead of thinking he or she would simply shy away so let's give them something extremely clickbaity so that they can click on it and then we'll see how, how it goes on from there it generally sort of leads to very uh, sort of claustrophobia in, and 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 i i think that it also adds to polarization because you cannot always uh, sort of capsule make make all the ideological positions of a certain piece into a capsule and they deliver it so that it can easily understand sometimes you want the reader to be engaged in a very nuanced debate you want him or her to think in different ways but if you are going to dump it all down into an easy to digest capsule then it won't capture it so that is inevitable i think this, this is also a, a reflection of the cultural uh, you know bankruptcy that we have right now sure uh, and so uh, shrimai uh, what's your view on the whole credibility conundrum you know ms mainstream media rejects digital media outlets as cheesy and they think they're not worth worth their attention uh, so what 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 do you think about all of this i i don't know i'm i i don't i don't i don't i'm not sure i agree with that because i i think i think digital media um, and certainly uh, debates on social media are driving the debates in uh, in in, uh, in in the traditional the legacy media uh, i've seen this happen very quickly before my eyes initially there would be uh, there would be a time when Yeah, the legacy media would not consider uh, digital platforms worth giving any interest to, uh, any importance to, but they have increasingly expanded their online presence. I'm talking about the giants like, let's say, the Times of India, Hindustan yeah. Times, Indian Express, the Hindu. They all have very solid online presence now, and uh, they are very receptive to the online debates as well. Uh, whatever uh, trend is happening, they are one of the, these websites are among the first to come up with a, a short 150-word piece. on what is happening and how it is to break it down i think they are giving a lot of importance to to digital media these days and and, and as i said at the very beginning that initially the digital space was free for startups who were coming out with these fresh ideas and now increasingly they are being crowded out by this a uh, more uh, you know more this legacy media with more muscle power uh, but i i i wouldn't agree with the with, with the with the with the uh, argument that uh, they don't give importance to digital media i think uh, uh, digital media is still driving conversation there are there are some niche outlets uh, which still uh, you know uh, sort of generate a lot of debate and that gets reflected in the le- legacy media as well uh, i i won't agree with that sure umutu what's your view on this uh, since you also run a digital mainly a digital platform yeah so i mean uh, see the, the earlier even from and just seeing from the uh, economics perspective the uh, advertisers did not have any say or any feedback loop on whether if they are spending on a hindu print ad what is the kind of response rate etc they just used to go by 
uh, the uh, circulation or readership surveys once uh, you're done now you know what all the uh, this thing has been fraud and uh, allurement that happens to manipulate these readership surveys and uh, circulation uh, etc so but if they have a digital media uh, their mainstream media's presence in digital media helps us gain a decent amount of uh, uh, feedback loop so whether those articles are shared on facebook whatsapp etc whether those articles have uh, this thing so they have a, 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 so they do take uh, digital media fairly seriously and if not for uh, uh, genuine feedback on journalism definitely for the advertising money they do take that uh, uh, fairly seriously for thank you thank you so this has been a fascinating discussion uh, this one last question i have for both of you and i'll come to you shreemoy first on this so what do you think the future holds for digital media how do you see it you know evolving from here i I'm, i'm optimistic i think digital media will survive i think uh, because it is the way to go and if you uh, uh, and the way data revolution has taken place in india i think digital media is the obvious way to reach out to the uh, to the to the new middle class which will emerge Uh, see, eventually we uh, we will have a very large middle class in India. Uh, uh, we are about we are about decade and a half behind China. And if you if you see what's happening in China, uh, you'll notice that the middle class there is extremely powerful. That it's a very large constituency. It's uh, we probably we are we will take even more time to reach there. Um, and our middle class will be uh, you know it will be divided into many more layers perhaps. But what is undeniable is that we are shifting from. Uh, uh uh you know a, a mainly a, a sort of uh, the economy model is is slowly shifting and we'll have these these cities will serve as nerve centers of economy and then eventually more and more people will move out of agriculture and move into the cities so you'll have these urban centers and then and then there are the, the new middle class they are ready to engage with the world they'll be they'll be eager they'll be hungry for news and 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 and, and the things that interest them so i am optimistic for digital media i uh, but obviously uh, everything must be qualified this optimism is also qualified uh, it will depend a lot on how uh, a sustainable model is found i think eventually a, a, a subscription only model is going to is going to survive if you look at the print media it is also a subscription driven model it is another thing that that subscription prices were kept very low due to the to the ad uh, revenue which was generated but uh, as butu points out that there is simply so much so many players in the field in digital media right now that the due to the supply demand mismatch uh, the ad prices have been have been driven down so obviously there has to be a shift towards a subscription driven model and there only people who are doing quality work and this has been true of all generations this is a timeless concept if you are doing quality work you will you have a greater chance of survival if you are doing quality work then obviously you will have more subscribers and eventually uh, that will uh, be sustainable mutu uh, yeah. closing comment yeah i'm i'm quite uh, optimistic on the future of digital media because as in the sense uh, uh, like i said lot more people will be accessing these uh, uh, news through uh, their mobile phones and tablets and things like that and my only uh, caveat or worry is that the distribution channel is uh, uh, as in the sense today choked so to say by these uh, social media giants the sooner we find a work around to that and have lot more uh, uh, distribution channels as in it could be different types of news aggregators and 
in terms of profitability and viability as in subscription uh, largely subscription based model is the way to go we have few successful examples i'm sure many more are likely to come so there's one uh, point i would like to add to what muthu has said he makes an excellent point about uh, the social media acting as gatekeepers i think if we look at what has happened to china and and india has a lot to learn from there uh, you find china has not simply let these social media giants to enter their shores and uh, obviously there is a question on to how to what extent india being a democracy can emulate those policies but eventually if the social media giants behave like, like the way they do you know they act as super regulators you know a few woke californians sitting in california deciding what's best for the rest of the world if they act like that then they're going to push democracies like india towards taking regulatory positions and in in, in the end of the day we will be probably forced to sort of uh, bar their entry or, or create sort of indian options or alternatives uh, for those i think india indian market demands uh, an indian uh, you know alternative uh, and 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 the way they are behaving i think it it will probably it's a matter of time before we come up with our own solutions that will probably be better for everyone yeah. uh, excellent excellent points uh, muthu and shrimoy well this brings us to the end of a fascinating podcast so thank you very much muthu and shrimoy for your time this has been a great discussion thank you for tuning in this podcast uh, was brought to you by the team at bharat vartha If you liked this podcast then don't forget to share subscribe and rate us on your favorite platforms uh, we're available on Anchor Apple Google Spotify Stitcher Breaker YouTube and a host of other platforms uh, we started Bharatvarta to facilitate long form discussions on uh, politics policy and culture we don't necessarily endorse anything that was said in this episode uh, if you do wish to offer us any feedback on the content or anything else uh do reach out to us on social media or get in touch with us uh, on our website www.bharatvartha.in uh, the links are in the description below thanks again for tuning in until next time stay safe take care and jai hind